I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. But let me tell you about my special guest tonight. Her name is Karen Gibson. Anybody know who Karen Gibson is? Yeah! This is one of the mothers of the gospel movement in the world. She leads gospel music and gospel choirs. I just want to read this to you just because it'll help you get a grid for who she is. Karen Gibson is one of the top in the area of influence of gospel music because of her relationship with Jesus. She is a gospel powerhouse. If you've never seen her perform, how many of you watched The Royal Wedding? Anybody care? You saw her. You saw her leading the choir at The Royal Wedding. As an award-winning choir conductor and worship workshop leader, uh, she is known for high quality of her work and her expertise is extensive. She has been involved with vocal groups and choirs for over 25 years, conducting gospel workshops across the world. She's been instrumental in drawing together and conducting some of the most prestigious large-scale choirs for a variety of gospel and community initiatives. She also runs workshops for aspiring gospel conductors in UK, Poland, Norway, and Italy. She currently works in schools across London, teaching singing and training future leaders. Some of the highlights she has is she's the founder and director of the award-winning Kingdom Choir which is amazing. Come on. She was named as one of the best gospel choir conductors in the UK and listed as one of the 20 most influential black Christian women in the 100th issue of Keep the Faith magazine. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Oh, she's over here. I'm saying, yes, you are. Um, She was a judge recently on BB Songs of Praise Gospel Choir of the Year 2017, and she's a gospel choir conductor at Duke and Duchess of Sussex Royal Wedding 2018, which we just talked about. So, Karen, I want to welcome you up here. Thank you so much. And I ambushed her into this. This is called Ambush Interview because we just asked her yesterday which is amazing. I wanted to add an interview to tonight because we have two tomorrow, but I wanted to add just so we can have an example. I feel like the church has had a lot of discussions on the theology of hearing God's voice or the theology of these kinds of matters, but we don't get to see living examples of it as much. And you, my friend, blow me away. (laughs) So tell me right now, like, give me kind of a highlight reel of life right now. Highlight of life right yeah, now. Yeah, just like what's God doing? What are you doing? Oh, okay. He is really, he has put us on a platform that I never imagined. Um, there's lots of things going on that I actually can't talk about. Those are the best. <laughs> yeah, I can't talk Use about Use your discernment. Um, <laughs> I think people will, they'll find out in time, but it is just amazing. His um, mercies and his grace and his favor. Where I would say as a group, we're really feeling the, the, you know, the wind of his favor, I would say that definitely. And you've had favor for a long time, but there's some, some monumental moments, including the wedding. Walk us through what happened. How did that become such a moment in your mind? Uh, it, well, to be asked to sing at the royal wedding, that's a thing in itself. So, <laughs> yeah. Even as Americans, we know that's a thing in itself. Yeah. <laughs> so that was quite unbelievable. But I think... Uh, and it was quite exciting in the run-up. That was all wonderful. And singing on the day and being at this, this amazing venue. 
Um, St. George's Chapel is beautiful. I don't know if you've been there. I have not. Yeah, you need to go. It's really, really gorgeous. I have not. Really she can give that. me an invite. I'll get an invite from Karen. Um, and, and being in what was um, a, a worldwide event, but a very intimate yeah. event. It's very, very intimate, very special. Really felt like a moment. So the day was wonderful, just being there, listening to the music and being in the atmosphere. But I think the response afterwards has really blown us away because we never really expected that. Yeah. We thought it was going to be a nice day out. <laughs> it's gonna be, yeah, you know. Well, here's what I think too, because you know we're over in America. My wife, I was actually traveling that day, and my wife texts me and goes, "Are you watching the royal wedding?" I'm like, "I'm in the airport." No, I'm not. And in America, we didn't have it on the airports. So like you probably did it Heathrow, all over the place. So I said, "No, I'm not." And I wasn't actually that interested at first, right? Like it just, it's not, it's foreign to me. So. But then she goes, there's this choir. You have to watch the choir. It's like a moment in time to have those people sing over your wedding. She goes, it's like what we do in the apostolic prophetic circles. Like we have somebody sing over us and proclaim. She goes, you have to listen to this. So I YouTubed it. It was already on YouTube. Like within yeah. 30 minutes afterwards, it was on yeah, YouTube, you know. Quick. And I watched it. I mean, I had full body chills. I was like, who are these people? And I, but I'd seen you before. Right. At Bethel, a few times I saw the videos at Bethel. Yeah. And so I'd seen you before, but I mean, like, to go from the context of you were already doing wonderful things, but that was like a moment in history. Yeah. One of the most important weddings of our generation. I think so. And so tell me what led up to it, or how were you feeling, or like, how did you get the opportunity? Um, uh, I got a phone call out of the, uh, kind of out of the blue. I was told that I was going to get a phone call. And then the phone call didn't come. I waited a couple of days. And you know, when you work in music, you always expect to be let down. The thing won't actually happen. So I, I blew it off, actually. And then I was on the bus, and I got the phone call. And I said, are you joking? And they went silent. And then I thought, I said, you're not joking, are you? So um, yeah, and that was just about two months before the oh, wedding. Wow. So then preparation. I had to be quite quick, but I wasn't allowed to tell anybody. So there's this monumental thing that I had to be holding, and I just had to keep it to myself. But I kind of did call up the choir members and say, "Are you available on this date? Make sure you're available on this so they date." They didn't even know what they were saying. <laughs> Can you imagine? Are you available? They're like, "I think that's the royal wedding." Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's kind that's of like amazing. that for lots of them. Yeah. Okay, so I would like to know. I'm sure you guys would like to know. How did you go from, you know, your own music to choir directing to teaching classes? Like, tell me the God journey of it. Not just like the sensible journey, but like you've heard from God. He's like put his, I don't know, this assignment over gospel yeah. music on your life. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that. It, I, you're right. It's all God. It's, you know, I never decided when I was a child that I'm going to be a gospel choir conductor. It never worked like that. In fact, I worked in IT for 11 miserable years. Oh, wow. Very unhappy. But I was always doing gospel on the side. And then um, I had a prophetic word from somebody, actually, who Lucy knows. Um, and she said to me in 2011, she said in 2000, it was in 2000, that's right. I see you as the mother of many young girls and I see you using music. And so she gave me this word and it lit something up in me. And um, I, doors just began to open. Wow. And I started to teach in a school and teach in another school. And then I started to work uh, doing gospel abroad, doing gospel music workshops. 
And the beautiful thing was, at first it was a job. I thought I was teaching gospel music, that's what I thought. And then the gospel began to teach me and I began to see transformation. And people would, you know, this is community choirs and I'm teaching all sorts. These are not Christians, these are people who are Buddhists, some Muslim. I taught a couple of witches, um, all sorts. Oh yes. Um, so, um, but the, these people would just begin to write testimonials of what God was doing and turning their lives around and turning them from addiction or taking them through a time of sorrow, grief, bankruptcy. And I began to think, hmm, there's something in this. So, um, yeah, I just began to become more intentional. But that intentionality about what I was doing didn't happen until I went to Bethel in 2008. So, yeah, well, I just went... Well, I'm going to ask you about that, because yeah. a lot of people who are in the entertainment industry are more stealth. So they, they are Christians, but they're not very vocal or verbal about their Christianity. But yeah. your actual genre is Christian. Your actual genre is gospel, but in the secular world. So you play mostly like just mainstream, but you get to sing about gospel themes, which is super incredible. We have that as well in, in America, and it's a very unique genre because you don't have to be stealth, so to speak. No. You don't have to be hidden in what you're doing. Yeah. But I, think that's, I just think that's phenomenal that there's occupations for Christians in this way. But tell us about what happened when you went to Bethel. 2008, it was right around the same time. I was 2006 when I got connected to Bethel. Wow, and okay. so tell me about what happened. Okay. So 2006 is when I first even heard of Bill Johnson through a book that my sister was reading, When Heaven Invades Earth. I tried to steal Thank the God book. for that book. Yeah. Tried to steal the book from her. She would not have it. She put my, my own copy and I just got book after book after book. You know what I do is I always, if the person hasn't signed my book, I pretend like I'm them and I sign the book. So if anybody looks at it and goes, oh, I can't take this book from Sean because the author signed it. So I forge their signature. So when they go through my library, they can't actually take it from me. Just, that's really that's clever. Hint. I think I'm going to do that. That's really good. So um, I was reading his books, listening to his podcast, and the podcast changed my life in my bedroom because I was really stuck in a rut. Then I got a word from the Lord through... A, a friend, a, a friend that I knew, a young lady, who knew a guy who'd just come back. I'd never met him, but he sent a word with this young friend I had to say that he'd had a dream about me, he'd never met me, and that um, I was banging my head against the brick wall. And then he came back with the interpretation that God is saying that Karen has gone as far as she can spiritually in this country. God wants Karen to go to Bethel. Wow. Yeah, so I was like, okay then, I'll go. But I didn't know anything about Bethel. And if I did, I wouldn't have gone. <laughs> That's the truth. Well, especially, we, we laugh because if there's anybody of any other race in Reading, it's because of Bethel, because it's the whitest place you could ever go. It's like so white. We had a guy who was one of our pastors of my local church, and he was afraid to join our church because he's black. And he said, well, I heard they're part of Bethel, and Bethel is so white, like, and heaven's on earth, and they think that heaven on earth is white people, you know? So he, I'm not going to join their church. You know, but then he came and he saw it was diverse. He's like, oh, okay, it's LA, it's diverse, it's good. Yeah. But so you actually moved there? Uh, did you move there? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know you lived there. I did the school. Reading. Oh, okay, for, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. That's for, amazing. Yes. Wow, so it that's why you've inherited some of the alumni, because many of the alumni are in your choir. A lot, a lot of them are alumni, the choir's here. And if they're not alumni, they've actually visited 
So they were sitting over here. And I I'm so tempted to bring them all up and just put them on the spot. <laughs> I won't do it. I won't do it. But it's, oh, they're like heaven to me. Wow. Yeah. So you come back from England, uh, from Bethel, and you come back to the UK straight away? Um, straight away. I didn't know if I was going to do second year. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know what was going to meet me in Bethel. I didn't know what was going to happen afterwards. That's where I first met Lucy, actually. We did first year together. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, I just came back, and I got back into the schools, and I was just like, okay, this is what they said in Bethel. I'll, talk, I'll tell it to the kids. And that's how I taught, and I saw transformation, just amazing transformation in those children's lives. And some, uh, uh, you know, a number of them got saved and singing in ministry, worship leaders and doing great things, you know? And I love that because music's one of the biggest common denominators. Yes. And you are standing at like kind of a threshold of position to be able to create a safe place for God's voice to be heard in the yes. music industry. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. I love to ask this question. You may not have an answer right away, but what's the riskiest thing you ever stepped out in faith and or heard from God about? Uh, I would say it was, uh, yeah, that, going to Bethel, because yeah. I didn't know what I was going to. I didn't know I was going to live. I didn't know what I was going to drive. Wow. I didn't, the only person I knew was Cece, and um, she was, we were connected by somebody else, another young friend of mine. And so, you know, she saved my life out there, I've got to say. Um, <laughs> As she does. That was, it was a risk. And going to the, the church where, you know, I'm a black Pentecostal girl. That's how I grew up. Yeah. So you know what that means. Completely different. <laughs> yeah? To Bethel. Yes, the manifestations, the language, the singing. I didn't understand why there wasn't any three-part harmony. It was really, <laughs> it's really tough. It's tough. <laughs> Yeah. It all sounds like you two a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would be hard to go from Black Pentecostal to like English rock, you know? <laughs> yeah. That would be hard. Yeah. Wow. So um, that was that was a risk for me. Yeah. I mightn't trust. But you came back and I love what's what's currently happening in your life. It's just so beautiful and yeah. I love your example to us. And I love your example to black men and women here in the country that you set at the royal wedding. I think it was very I think it's one of the reasons why God's opening the doors for you is because you're brave because you're, you're available to God. Mm. And I'm really excited about, I believe, she can't tell us about the future, but I just see this, I'm gonna prophesy over on the podcast and in front of you. I saw, while we were talking in the background, I saw uh, music executives coming, standing in line waiting to meet with you to collaborate with projects with uh, well-known celebrities. And there wasn't just one or two. It was like a line of music executives who wanted to leverage. They saw something that they were looking for. It's a new but an old sound that awakens people. It brings life and energy that nothing else does. And so I saw this line behind you. And I just believe that God, he, I mean, there's many monuments in our lives, but that royal wedding was a monument for you to where you were allowed to be seen for who you are and what you're capable of. And the world's ready for that. The world's like, we need this. Okay, this is a commodity dress, but you know it's an anointing, not a commodity. And so it's going to be so exciting. We're so happy for you. We're so happy to hear from you. Thank Thanks you. for coming tonight. Oh, you're most welcome. Yeah. Thank you, wow. Thank you. Isn't she amazing? Okay, before she leaves, how do people follow you on social media or how do people get a hold of you? Okay, so on Instagram, we are at the Kingdom Choir. And on Facebook, we are the Kingdom Choir. Dot, yeah, the Kingdom Choir. And our website 
is www.thekingdomchoir.co.uk. Seriously, <laughs> tonight afterwards, go YouTube what they're doing. It's amazing. Let's just stand up for her and thank her. Thank right. you so much, Karen. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Bowles, and I want to encourage you to continue the conversation with us online at www.bowlesministries.com. We have exciting resources, e-courses, books, even children's materials to help you grow in the prophetic and go on a continuing journey of hearing God's voice. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate and tell all your friends. Join me next time where we explore the prophetic together.